Good morning, everyone. So, um, today's episode is going to be a, a request from Simon Pooley, who has a, a great new podcast called Spoon Carving Conversations that I've talked about. I can't remember if I talked about it on the podcast. Certainly, I did a story about it. At any rate, I, I love the concept, which is conversations with spoon carvers that you may or may not have heard of before. He's not trying to um, have conversations with people who you've definitely heard of. The whole point is to have conversations with people who are like the rest of us, who are somewhere on their journey but aren't the big names. And I really love this idea. He reached out this morning to ask what my thoughts were on improving that kind of interviewing um, or speaking in general when you're being recorded and how you get over the feeling of disappointment when you listen back to yourself and you hear all of the verbal tics and all of the things that you keep saying that you think, oh, geez, that's terrible. I don't want to do that again. Um, How do you just keep going forward when your instinct is to yank the thing that you're now ashamed of? Um, And the short answer I gave him was that I don't listen back to these things. Basically, ever. Come on, Maisie, let's go! Oh, there she is. Okay. Come on, Maisie! Um, I do occasionally listen to a few snippets to make sure that, like, the wind wasn't too loud, anything, something like that. But I let it go. But I wanted to talk today about some ideas I have for being a good interviewer, for being good at doing interviews, at being interviewed, and for public speaking in general. Because this is a journey I've been on for a couple years now. And I've definitely gotten a lot better. And part of that was simply by doing it a lot with this podcast. But there was also some deliberate practice, specifically for when my book came out and I knew I was going to be giving talks. And I would practice the talks and they would go very poorly particularly talks where there's a time limit and I have a certain amount that I feel like I want to say. That's when it gets especially tricky. But let's not focus on that for now. First, let's just talk about um, what, in my opinion, makes for a good interview. I think the best interviews feel like questions. Sorry. I think the best interviews feel like a conversation. They don't just feel like questions. They feel like a conversation between people where the questions are couched in such a way that they don't come too abruptly. If you listen to really skilled interviewers, so for me, um, I grew up listening to Terry Gross on NPR. I listened to a lot of Guy Raz interviews on TED Radio Hour and How I Built This, two fantastic podcasts. 
they almost always couch their questions at the end of some observational statement. So they'll say, I've noticed that you do blah de blah de blah and I really admire this about you because blah de blah de blah How did you come about doing that? Right? So instead of leading with the question, which feels too abrupt, <clears throat> by couching it in a statement, it, it becomes more of a conversation and it helps the person who, to whom the question is being asked, it guides them into a response. Now, any interview is a dance between the two people who are talking. And to some extent, you need to work with the person who is on the other side of that dance. And when it works really well, it comes across as flowing and natural. And that's not that to say that you can't be laconic or hesitant to talk or reticent and still do a good interview. I actually think one of Simon's with uh, Jazz Outen, Jazz is a shy guy, but I actually think it worked out really nicely. <clears throat> but clearly it's, it is when you have that kind of shyness the whoever is less shy needs to facilitate the conversation often by talking more than they otherwise would so when when i am doing interviews i am sort of aware of how much the other person wants to talk or not talk and and i i create that space now i don't interview people myself but even when I'm being interviewed, I want it to be a two-way conversation. So, for instance, I had a conversation with Barn a couple weeks ago for Spoon Club. Maybe it was last week? A week and a half ago. And, and I was asking him questions as well. In part because I genuinely wanted to know, but in part because it just felt right to me to have it feel more like a conversation and less like uh, him interviewing me <clears throat> excuse me and so now let's shift to my experience speaking in public because I think this is uh, another element of being uncomfortable with yourself first of all let me say that I'm much more comfortable speaking in person in public and I'm much more comfortable speaking like this to a microphone than I am doing videos. I just had a conversation with Rachel Bainton where she suggested that I uh, join the Rise Up and Carve Zoom meeting sometime and have that sense of community. And I confessed that I am very shy on camera um, and don't like, uh, don't feel comfortable on camera, which, um, I mean, I do a lot of videos and I do do uh, joint lives and, and, you know, Zoom interviews. So you might think I don't, but I think in large part because of 
being uncomfortable with uh, my lazy eye, which I, I work on, but still is there. Particularly hard for the distance that you tend to get when you are on camera. The right distance to be away from a camera is a particularly hard distance for my eye to focus at. In person, it tends to be better. At a greater distance, it tends to be better. But there's something about that. I used to find when I was younger and, and interviewing for jobs that that was the hardest thing because like the across the conference table from someone is the hardest distance. So I feel very self-conscious about it. Um, at one point, I went for eye therapy and had contact lenses, but I started to have um, irritated eyes from the contact lenses, and I realized that I was damaging the long-term health of my eyes for the sake of my vanity and, and spending an awful lot of money in the meantime, so I stopped. <clears throat> but at any rate... I feel self-conscious on camera for that and a number of other reasons. And, and yet, here is what I have learned about speaking in public. When I was <clears throat> giving talks for the book and going to conferences and doing question and answers there. I noticed a big difference between how I wanted to answer questions and how there were sort of two groups of people at these conferences. There were other farmers who tended to be quite uncomfortable speaking and would fumble around a lot, and then there were academics who were quite comfortable talking but tended to talk in ways that were not relatable to the average person, or that felt a bit condescending. And so I was trying to strike a middle ground, a middle a balance between the two, <clears throat> and what I found was that Sharing stories was a great way to do this because a lot of times the story is the way in to people. I mean, look at what I just did there. I told the story of how I had this experience. And that was much more interesting to hear about a conference where I was doing a... a uh, a panel discussion than if I just said, when you're doing panel discussions, it's important to blah 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 So I found that I was quite comfortable doing that. And what got me that comfort was telling a story. There's a way in which telling a story settles you into what you want to say. Because the panic of not knowing what to say always comes from your mind going blank. Well, I don't know if it always comes from this, but for me it's always that my mind would go blank if I didn't 
lead with the story, and I feel like I would have forgotten half the things that I wanted to discuss. But if I could lead my way in with the story and then bring it around to a broader point, that was the best of both worlds. The farmers tended to not lead with a story, or rather they would lead with their own story, but then that was it. Or in the academics, didn't lead with the story at all, they just went to the broader point. And I think as humans, we benefit the most from having both of those things. It resonates the most with people, it helps us act the most naturally when we're speaking. And so I think, <clears throat> I think when we are in that situation, that has been the most helpful middle ground that I've found. Now, specifically in the instance of something like a podcast, where you are recording something, and then you have the option of editing it before it goes out into the world. You all know what I do. I don't edit anything ever. And I just put it out there. Now, that doesn't mean that that's the right move for you. But it, will, it does give me many benefits. One of which is that it keeps the bar appropriately low for me to continue doing something. Because... I just came out into the bright sunlight. Holy cow. Wow. Alright, time to turn around. So, if the bar was any higher for me to do this podcast it would almost certainly fall by the wayside at some point because life is busy and there's only so much benefit I get from doing it for myself. Uh, and so, and so if it starts, if I put too much weight on it, if I put too much responsibility on it, then all of a sudden it's asking more of me than it is giving to me. And that can be especially true in the beginning when... Come on, Willa! That can be especially true in the beginning when there's no... Uh, when there is less benefit coming from the fact that it is reaching a bunch of people. When it's reaching hardly anyone at the beginning, whatever hardly anyone means to you, that's the point at which there's the least benefit to it working for people. And I would say it's important to try and do as little as you possibly can while still having it be something that you're okay with putting out into the world. Because that's what's going to keep you doing it. <clears throat> now... What was I going to say? Oh, yes. I used to feel worse about this. I used to think, well, I, you know, how the heck does this compare to the highly edited podcast that I like to listen to? 
until someone said to me, until many, many people have said to me over the years that I've done this, that's the thing that I like about your podcast is that it feels like you're just in the room with the person, right? That it doesn't feel like it's been edited because it hasn't. And the fact that you can hear the times when I say the wrong thing and have to correct myself or have to sniff or clear my throat, that sort of thing. That's the stuff that a more highly edited podcast will often sprinkle back in just to make it feel human. And I've already got that. So why take it out? And I've come to appreciate the fact that my own sense of what I'm shooting for is maybe not the best sense of... It's maybe not the best sense of how to go about it. So, I think if you are doing the interviewing, I think it is really helpful to have a list of questions, but spend some time thinking about the preamble to those questions so that when there is an awkward silence and you leap to fill it, that you're not just saying the next question, but you're actually couching the question in some conversational sentences. And I think that will go a long way towards making the conversation feel like a conversation and not like question, answer, question, answer. I think if you're being interviewed or if you're interviewing, it is worth um, it is worth finding a, a way to practice um, telling your story. And it is both because it will help you Um, help you zero in on the phrases and the anecdotes that that seem to work, but also help you figure out how to stay away from your own personal verbal tics. And once you've done whatever due diligence on that feels like the right amount... To a large extent, the trick is just to let it go and to move forward because the ultimate value of what you're doing, whether you're interviewing or being interviewed, will not rest on on one thing. It will rest on whether you keep going and how much you improve. And that will only happen by continuing. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have thoughts about interviews, being interviewed, speaking in public, please share them on the Instagram post that I'm going to do. And it's been fascinating. The listenership to this podcast has doubled in the last six months. Still quite modest, but it's doubled. Uh, I don't do nearly enough to spread the word about it. But if you find it helpful. Um, I'm not sure that a review really makes a difference, but if you would 
be comfortable either talking about it in a story on Instagram or just telling a friend about it who you think might enjoy it. Um, that's really the way that I think it spreads more. And I don't need it to spread or become a huge thing. But, um, but I do find it uh, a valuable part of my own life to do these things. And if you like them and want to share them, I'd appreciate it. Talk tomorrow.